0: Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. What up, y'all? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. It is episode 93 of the podcast. we on Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Thank you all so much for listening and pressing the button that I actually sent this podcast straight into your ears. We have got a big podcast this week because there's a big game happening this Sunday in football, professional football, which we're going to talk about. I'm going to give you my whole preview. We got two teams playing. I got a lot of facts. I have so many facts that you're going to come out of this podcast being like, yeah, I know who's going to win because I got all the facts. There you go. Say so there's facts. We're going to talk about that, but I also have something else that I want to mention before. We talk about that. So we'll get to that in just a second here on the Xander's Facts Podcast. But before we do all that, I just wanted to remind you all that if you like the Xander's Facts Podcast, if this is your first time listening and you think you're going to like all the facts, then welcome to the Xander's Facts Podcast. Remember to listen every week because we have new facts about new topics every single week. We're talking about football this week. We're going to talk about something else next week. It's different facts every single week. So make sure to tune in every single week. But if you think you're going to like all the facts on this week's edition, remember to follow the podcast, download this episode, episode 93, please do that, rate and review the podcast, then go on all our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, we're on all those, at Xander's Facts, that is Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, we call it around here, spread the facts! Xander's Facts podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast. About Xander's Weekend Facts, which if you didn't know is our weekly newsletter that comes out every Sunday morning, which recaps the top headlines from the past week. It is free. Sign up in the episode's description, Xander's Facts link tree Tell them about that because that has all the Xander's Facts links that you need, including for the Xander's Facts website, zandersfacts.com, which includes the Xander's Facts shop. Get all your facts swag. At the Xanners Facts shop. It is beautiful. Beautiful. Do that. And help support Xanners Facts. So we are going to get to our big game preview, which is coming up in just a little bit here on the podcast. I know that's what everybody's waiting for, but I've got something else to talk about before we do that. I know we really, we don't get emotional very often on this podcast, but this is a very emotional topic for me to start this podcast. So bear with me if you will, because I'm very sad. I'm lying. I'm deeply depressed. I'm a bit sad. Actually, I'm lying. I'm quite devastated. This week, news has come forth. I know this is very sad for everyone, fans of Xander's Facts and fans of life to hear. But Leeds United, we all know about Leeds United. They're our Premier League team, Leeds United States. They have all the American people there. They had an American manager whose name was Jesse Marsh. And we love Jesse Marsh on this podcast because he's not just a great person, a great soccer manager. He's a great American. And sadly, Leeds United on Monday made the decision to terminate the contract of Jesse Marsh, our great American. So sad. The second ever American to manage. The Premier League. I'm sorry. My eyes are filling with tears. This is very sad because you know what? I don't know why they would do this to us. Jesse Marsh, we talk about him in glowing terms a great American, a great soccer manager. He just managed for Leeds. And Leeds aren't that great, to be honest with you. They have some good players Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Brendan Aronson, some Americans. Weston McKinney, they just picked up last week. In the transfer window, at the end of the transfer window, they picked him up. The third American. You know why? Jesse Marsh is managing. Tyler Adams, Brenner in center here. He knows those people because he plays with them on the U.S. Men's National Team. And now, the manager is gone. A week later! Quit whining. And now let me tell you, elites were not doing so well. They were 17th in the table. They were tied with Everton. Everton is not very good. They're very bad, actually. That means they're one spot out of relegation. We're only about halfway through the season, but four? wins out of 20 matches that's not good four wins out of 20 matches that's not good they had not won a league game since at least before the world cup break i think it was october was the last time they won a game in the premier league that's not good but it wasn't all jesse marsh's fault now listen i will tell you all that it did appear As though Jesse Marsh was very stubborn in his tactics. and didn't really change much, even though there was stuff clearly not working. But let me tell you all that Leeds' defense is one of the most horrendous you'll ever watch play soccer. Jeez. It's not good. They can't find a consistent striker. It just didn't look like it was meshing well. But here's the thing. It's not all just Jesse Marsh. Because this was the same stuff that was happening last year. When Leeds fired their manager, Marcelo Bielsa, and they hired Jesse Marsh. And Jesse Marsh was the one who saved them last season from relegation. And they're now firing Jesse Marsh because they don't want to get relegated because they're in the process of a sale right now, Leeds United are, to the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers, the owners of them, 49ers Enterprises, on January 1st, 2024. If Leeds United stay up at the Premier League, then the 49ers will have taken over Leeds United. But if they get relegated, that will not happen. Well, doesn't look like they have a good chance now. Because in my opinion, the board reacted too reactionary. That's ridiculous. You just end the transfer window to get his players, and they lost to Nottingham, which you really shouldn't do. But then you fire him? Doesn't make any sense to me, the Premier League. Do better. I don't understand it. Because typically in the Premier League, when you hire a new manager, you usually get these new manager bumps. But they only last for a few games, then you're back to where you were. If that even happens, Leeds, who knows? Because a lot of the play that Leeds had, a lot of the energy they had, was for playing for Jesse Marsh. Now that's gone. So we'll see. The other thing is, with this, is that Jesse Marsh had just brought on an assistant manager named Chris Armas, who was also an American, a couple weeks ago. Chris Armas was an assistant for Manchester United. He managed in MLS. In America, he's an American. He brings him on. He's fired. Jesse Marsh is. Chris Armas stays on. He's gonna be one of three guys who is helping to manage the club on Wednesday in their match against Manchester United. Oof. So Leeds United States is not dead officially yet, because Chris is still there. And obviously Weston McKinney, Tyler Arms, Brandon Ernson, but it is still a very sad day. Because just the second ever manager in the Premier League was conspired against by the entire nation of England and the United Kingdom. If you didn't know, they conspired against him, and you see what happens. And now Leeds are going to get relegated. So, you know, whatever. Why would you do this to me? So that was very sad. And I'm a little sad this week. So hopefully, I can keep the energy up for our Super Bowl preview. But also, if we're going to stick on the topic of soccer for just one minute, We got to talk about Manchester City because also on Monday, there was other Premier League news that happened on Monday with Manchester City, who have won four out of the last five championships in the Premier League and are currently second place in the Premier League. They are owned by the UAE, Abu Dhabi, oil money, and so they've had a long history, but ever since they've been owned by the oil money, they've been very good. Because they've spent a lot of money. In fact, perhaps they spent money not in ways that were legal, according to the guidelines of the Premier League. Because on Monday, the Premier League accused Manchester City of over 100 violations of its financial regulations, starting in 2009, going up until... 2017, 2018. Yikes. And the charges here from the premier league are basically one of them is that from every season from 2009 to 2010 to the 2017, 2018 season, Manchester City failed to abide by rules requiring member clubs to provide accurate financial information to the league, giving it a true and fair view of the clubs revenues and operating costs. Another set of charges suggests that in the Premier League's view. Manchester City was not truthful in its reporting of contracts detailing the compensation of its manager, Pep Guardiola, and several players in several seasons. This is all from the New York Times, by the way. The Premier League's financial rules require that all member clubs comply not only with those regulations, but also with the so-called financial fair play regulations of UEFA, the sports European governing body for the seasons from 2013 to 2018 the premier league says that manchester city was in violation of those requirements financial fair play is basically you spend what you earn and not very much more so that's a way to kind of like level the playing field if you will so that you know the big oil clubs like manchester city and psg they can't spend so much money They already spend way more than a lot of the other clubs, but, you know, a lot more than the others, more than they are, if you will. And one of the more serious accusations against City is that it did not cooperate with the investigations into its actions, including providing documents and information. In the Premier League's view, this lack of cooperation covers the entirety of its investigation, which is now in its fifth year. And of course, Manchester City denies all these allegations. And this has been going on for quite some time. They were Manchester City were actually banned from competing in UEFA competitions a couple years ago. That was eventually overturned by a court, so that was, you know, the Champions League, basically. And now they are in trouble with the Premier League. This has been going on for quite some time because Pep Guardiola's been asked that before. And he basically said that, you know, he asked the club are you lying to me? They said, no. He said, okay, I trust you. But if it turns out that you were lying, I will leave. He said, I will leave. In an interview. If it turns out they were lying to him. Every word I said is because truly, truly, truly believe it. And when I defend the club and the people, it's because I work with them. And when I'm suspicious or the people say, accuse something, I ask to them, well, tell me about that. And when I say this was like this, like that, and then, like, eh? okay, I believe them. Because I said to them, if you lie to me, the day after I'm here, I will be out and you will not be my friend anymore. So I put your face, because I believe you, completely 100% from the day one. Was the club lying to him? Who knows? But Pep Guardiola is one of the best managers in the world. His name has been thrown out there for the U.S. men's national team job and other big jobs around the world. But obviously it's not just about Pep Guardiola. It's about if these are true, this is what the Premier League accuses, If These rules are found to have been broken. There could be serious consequences for Manchester City. Manchester City could be deducted points. They could have hefty fines, which really don't mean much, apparently, you know, you would think, to oil-rich clubs who have unlimited money, basically. Or they could be relegated from the Premier League. They could be kicked out of the league. Whoa! And then it comes out that apparently the league below them, the EFL, the championship, and the EFL controls like the next two or three leagues below the Premier League. But the EFL wouldn't take Manchester City if they were relegated from the Premier League. So they would be relegated down further than that. And at that point, you're like, okay, well, why would guys like Erling Holland, Kevin De Bruyne, or all their best players want to play for Manchester City? That if they're you know, leagues below the top clubs in the world. They wouldn't be playing Champions League football either unless they just kept winning the Champions League. That's the only way you could stay in if you don't finish in the top four of the Premier League. So we just learned about all this on Monday. It was a big soccer news day in England on Monday. We just learned all about this. So, you know, we'll see if these allegations are proven true and if there will be any consequences. Because, you know, it might turn out That we find out these are all true and nothing happens. Because that's what a lot of people think happened with the UEFA stuff. Because they were accused of basically the same stuff by UEFA. And they had punishments and they got overturned. So nothing really happened to them. So we'll see what happens with Manchester City. These oil clubs. Gotta be careful with where you're spending your money. Get that dough! So that's our little soccer talk to begin the podcast. Everybody says, Sanders shut up! It's true! I will about that. Now we're going to our other type of football, American football, because it is time for our big Super Bowl preview show. We've made it to the end of the football season, y'all. The big game is here, and it is time for our yearly tradition on this podcast of previewing it. Well, well, well. It appears the end of the football season is nigh. Meaning the pigskin soon won't fly. Nope. If you like that rhyme, there's more facts coming because it is time to talk about the Super Bowl, the National Football League's annual championship game. Xander, I don't watch football. I don't care. I don't care if you care because I got a lot of facts. And even if you don't care, you're going to care by the end of this because you're going to be like, oh, this person has this many sacks. This person throws for this many yards. I know everything about football. Because I've got so many facts on this podcast, it's going to make your head spin, and you're going to be the most knowledgeable person at your Super Bowl watch party on Sunday. So let's talk about it, because for the first time, the Super Bowl will be a matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's also the first time since 2018 that the number one seeds in both conferences are squaring off in the big game. First fact of the preview. And since I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to be doing on Sunday night, you should probably know all the facts about the game before you start watching. Whether you've been keeping up with the league all year long, which you're doing better than me, or this is the first game you'll be watching all year or for years, you should probably stick around, no matter your football knowledge, because I guarantee that you are about to learn some serious facts. Xander's facts? And I got a pick to make. And... I don't know if you all remember, but last year, rams Bengals. I picked the Rams. Just saying. Trying to go two years in a row with the correct Super Bowl pick, because we're going to forget my preseason pick, which was the Bills didn't turn out to be too great. But let's get to our preview right now. The only fact-filled preview that you need of America's biggest sporting event, the Super Bowl. Chiefs-Eagles is going to be... A good one, because you're going to know all the facts. Big game alert! Let's start out, though, by taking a look at the two squads, and we're going to start with the number one seed in the American Football Conference, the AFC, the 14-3 and Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to start by saying that as a collection of human beings, I think we should all take an oath collectively to never doubt the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick Mahomes again because two weeks ago I will admit to you I fell victim to this trap of doubting Patrick Mahomes and it cost me with an incorrect prediction which I made on this podcast very sadly I'm very sorry to all of you all but coming into the AFC championship game Mahomes was a question to play because he had an injury suffered in the divisional round it was an ankle injury we knew he was not going to be a hundred percent everybody was talking about leading up to the game. He's not going to be 100%. He's not going to be very mobile. He's not going to be making the explosive plays that he's usually doing. Well, he was not 100% in that game. But Mahomes still found a way to overcome the odds and take down the new kid on the block of the AFC, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals in a rematch of the 2021 AFC Championship. That was the fifth straight AFC championship that Mahomes and the Chiefs had played in, and now they are making their third Super Bowl appearance in five years. It's the truth. This year's journey for the Chiefs, though, throughout the regular season, saw them tie their franchise record of 14 regular season wins with 2020, and they actually played a game less in 2020 because the season has not expanded from 16 to 17 games yet. That regular season included a 19-point win over the 49ers in week 7, 10-point win over the Jaguars in week 10. Did have a disappointing week 3 loss, though, to the Colts, 20-17. Colts did not turn out to be that good. Kansas City's other two losses, though, were much more respectable because they had a four-point loss to the Bills at home in week 6, and then a three-point loss at Cincinnati in week week 13 which of course they were then able to avenge and after the cincinnati loss the chiefs won their last five games in the regular season and they now come into this weekend having won seven straight their longest win streak of the season so the chiefs were the number one seed in the afc so they got the lone by in the playoffs meaning they were able to skip the first round of the playoffs the wild card round and move straight into the divisional round, where they faced a Jacksonville Jaguars team that had just come back from 27 points down in the wild card to beat the L.A. Chargers, so they were all confident. And it was pretty close affair, closer than I think a lot of people predicted, including probably me, especially because Mahomes suffered an ankle injury during that game, as I said. But even his backup, Chad Henney, was able to lead a 98-yard drive the Chiefs won at home, twenty-seven to twenty, in the divisional round, and then it was time for a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game with the Cincinnati Bengals. And Mahomes' mobility and his ability to create spectacular plays, as I said, was in question because of that injury last week to his ankle. Didn't look like it affected him though very much. He still threw for three hundred and twenty-six yards in that game, and after the Bengals had defeated the Chiefs. By three points in each of their last three meetings, last three games they've played, Bengals won all those by three points. Kansas City broke through with their own win of three points to send them to the Super Bowl. How about that? So that's how the Chiefs got here. And we all know who's at the helm of the Chiefs offense. It is the man who I mentioned earlier, Patrick Mahomes, who in the regular season was first in the league in passing yards, touchdowns, and quarterback rating. He had 5250 passing yards in the regular season, 41 touchdowns, and a QBR of 77.5. It's pretty hard to believe that he's winding down his 6th season in the league. It felt like he was just a rookie yesterday, but he's this is his 6th season in the league. He's already put his name up there with the greats though at the position for what he's been able to do. I mean, In his five years as a starter, he has never missed the AFC Championship game. That is absolutely insane. He was the backup to Alex Smith in his first season, and then the last five years, five AFC Championship games, and three appearances now in the Super Bowl, and one win as of now. That's pretty insane. And what may even be more impressive this year is that his receiving talent is arguably the worst it's been in those five years this season. I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying it's not as good as what it has been. Granted, he does still have Travis Kelsey, his tight end, and his best bud, he's still in Kansas City. He caught 12 touchdowns this year, which was second in the league for all receivers, but his top two wide receivers this season were Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, both of whom did not put up 1,000 receiving yards this season, and they caught a combined seven touchdowns and then there was a little flux behind Mahomes at the running back position because Clyde Edwards-Elair fell out of favor early in the season and Isaiah Pacheco has been the guy behind Mahomes but he has not scored yet in the two games of the postseason that may be an issue but the defense the other side of the ball has continued to improve as the years have gone by because when we first talked about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs what was it now five years ago 2018 Their defense was not that great. It was very bad. It has steadily gotten better. And that's because defensive tackle Chris Jones, he has 17 and a half sacks this season. The team's total is 55 sacks this year, which ranks second in the league. And stopping the run has been key for Kansas City. They rank in the top 10 this year for rushing yards and touchdowns allowed. This is true. But what has been hurting them is the passing game, because the defense is actually bottom four in the league in passing attempts, completions, and touchdowns allowed this season. Passing touchdowns. That is all obviously going to have to improve against an Eagles team that loves to, well, they love to do everything on offense. Run the ball, pass the ball. We're going to talk about that in a second, though. But we got to talk about the man who's put it all together. We can't forget about the head coach of the Chiefs, Andy Reid. He has been that coach throughout this run ever since 2013 he's been here and he gets to face the team that he headed for 13 years in the philadelphia eagles reed was fired by the eagles back in 2012 and the next year he was hired by the chiefs now since reed has been the head coach of the chiefs the chiefs and eagles have played three previous times the chiefs are three and oh in those games but before that In the three games that the Eagles and the Chiefs faced off in while Reed was coaching the Eagles, the Eagles won all three. So when he was on the Eagles, he never lost to the Chiefs. And when he was on the Chiefs, he still is, he's never lost to the Eagles. So he's never been on the losing end of this matchup, in the six previous matchups between the Chiefs and the Eagles that he's been a part of. Either side has never been on the losing end. It's a fact. That's just interesting. And the Chiefs are looking to win their third Super Bowl in franchise history. 1969 was their first, and 2019, obviously, their last, and their sixth overall NFL championship because they won three AFL championships in the 1960s before the AFL and the NFL merged, and that was before there was even a Super Bowl. So that's one team, the Kansas City Chiefs, but we got another team. Another number one seed, this one from the National Football Conference, the NFC, also at 14-3 and three on the year, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And you remember that stat I had earlier about the number one seeds in each conference facing each other in the Super Bowl? Last time that happened was five years ago, Super Bowl 52. It was the number one seed from the AFC, the New England Patriots, and the number one seed from the NFC, you guessed it. The Philadelphia Eagles. The Philly special was born. The Eagles beat the Patriots 41-33 for the franchise's first ever Super Bowl title. And it was also the last time that the Eagles were the top seed in the NFC. And now they do it again, and they're back at the Super Bowl. Good to know. And even though that game took place just five years ago, this Eagles team looks remarkably Different, though, so do the Patriots, obviously. Tom Brady is no longer their quarterback. And Tom Brady retired, by the way. He says for good. Do we believe him? Nope. I don't know. But he's not playing, so we don't care about him right now. For one, for the Eagles, the starting quarterback of that game for Philly was Nick Foles. And the quarterback who was having an MVP season that year until he got injured was Carson Wentz. And both of them have basically been relegated to NFL obscurity. We don't really hear about him that much anymore. But that was 2017-2018, 2022-2023. Well, this season, their road to the big game started off by being the last remaining team in the league to be undefeated. Philly won their first nine games, including wins over playoff teams Jacksonville, Dallas, and Minnesota before they lost in Week 10 to a non-playoff team. Washington, by the way, after our Super Bowl preview, we're going to talk a little bit about the Washington football team. Might want to stick around, might get a little heated in here. But Philadelphia then went on another win streak. This one of five games, which included their first win of the season over the Giants in Week 14, because they played them a bunch this year. That was their first win over the Giants. Injuries in the back half of the year that caused a two game skid in Weeks 16 and 17. They lost to Dallas and New Orleans. Before they got back on track on week 18 against the New York Giants, they then 14 and three was their record. They got the top seed in the NFC, so the Eagles didn't have to play in the wild card round. Instead, they met up once again with the Giants in the divisional round. So they got a week's rest, but it was back to back games against the Giants. Now, what ensued was a 38 to seven beatdown. The Eagles got their first home playoff win since the NFC Championship game over the Vikings exactly five years to the day and became just the 16th team to beat an opponent three times in a single season. How about that? These are facts. Then in the NFC Championship game of 2023, I mean, it's pretty fair to say that the Eagles were helped out greatly by the early injury to 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Because after that, it really didn't seem like the game was in doubt. The 49ers did not score again after the second quarter touchdown, and the Eagles couldn't stop scoring. Because even though Jalen Hurts threw for just 121 yards, the Eagles beat the 49ers 31 to 7 to get back to the Super Bowl for the first time in five years. And this year's Eagles squad is led by 2020 second round pick quarterback, as I just mentioned his name. Jalen Hurts. Remember Hurts, maybe from his college days, because remember in the 2019 National Championship game, he was benched at Alabama for Tua Tagovailoa in that game. Then, of course, Tua does his Tua magic and wins the National Championship game for Alabama. But then Hurts transferred to Oklahoma, where he finished second in Heisman voting that year. But for the Eagles, he has certainly been worth that second round pick and much much more, because in his third season in the league, Hertz, who's, by the way, whose middle name is Alexander, just thought you all should know, has thrown for almost 4,000 yards and 24 touchdowns, which is, oh, well, that's okay. He's got some stud receivers, but he may be more dangerous on the ground, because Hertz has a league-high 15 rushing touchdowns as a quarterback, which is seven more The next place, Justin Fields, and he ran for over 750 yards on the ground this season. Those 15 touchdowns, by the way, rushing touchdowns, are the most by a quarterback in a single season in NFL history. Cool facts, bro. How about that? You've probably heard this a million times if you've watched an Eagles game. But did you know that Jalen Hurts is actually pretty strong? Because the man has squatted 600 pounds, three times his body weight. So, yeah, he's pretty strong. But Jalen Hurts is definitely not the only reason why the Eagles have made it to the season's final game. He's got basically like a triple threat at receiver. He's got wide receivers A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, both of whom have over 1,200 receiving yards this season, while his dependable tight end Dallas Goddard has hauled in over 750 yards this year. Brown has 11 touchdowns this year. Devontae Smith has hauled in eight, and even with Hurts' exceptional running ability, you've got running back Miles Sanders, who's rushed for over 1,400 yards this year, and he has 13 touchdowns on the ground. The offense is exceptional, and that can also be thanks to the offensive line, because you've got guys like Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. It seemed like every time the Eagles were in a fourth and short, which happened a lot this season, they always converted because Jalen Hurts was always able to push his way through up the middle. Hurts, you know, as we said, he's a very strong human being, but it's also probably thanks to Pro Football Focus's number one ranked offensive line this year, which were the Philadelphia Eagles. And a lot of people are saying that this year's Eagles team is the best top-to-bottom team in football, not just because of the offense, but because of the defense. The Eagles are top five this year in sacks, interceptions, and turnovers. And remember when I said that the Chiefs defense had the second most sacks in the league? Well, the lone team above them is the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, during the regular season, the Eagles had 70 sacks, which was the third most in a regular season in NFL history. They are extremely talented on All three phases of the defense. Because down low, you've got Hassan Riddick, who is probably a name that you should know by now. He had 16 sacks. Kaiser White and TJ Edwards both had over 100 tackles this year at linebacker positions. And you've got CJ Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, and Darius Slay, who all had at least three interceptions. In fact, Gardner-Johnson had six this year. They are loaded all three levels of the defense. And then you've got your head coach, who was second-year man Nick Sirianni. He was hired back in January of 2021. And when he was hired, I don't think anybody thought that he would get here because everybody was laughing at him. He kept stumbling over his words at his introductory press conference. People were like, does this man know what football is? I don't think he's up to the task. But let me tell y'all something. He absolutely proved them wrong. And you know who else he seemingly proved wrong? Was Andy Reid. You know about this connection between Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni? Reid was hired, as I said, as the Chiefs head coach in 2013. Now, the season before that, Sirianni was the wide receivers coach of the Chiefs. That was until Reid came in and fired him. So now, I mean, now he's looking for the ultimate payback of beating him in the Super Bowl. I mean, that'd be like the ultimate revenge right there like you fired me all right I'll win a Super Bowl over you there you go disrespectful and another thing about Sirianni's, you would probably think it's uncommon for a second year head coach to grab the top seat in the conference and then go to the Super Bowl but you know who else did that it was another Eagles head coach it wasn't Andy Reid it was the man who came before Nick Sirianni Doug Peterson in 2017 he was in his second year when the Eagles got the top seed in the conference, and then they went to the Super Bowl, and of course, they won that Super Bowl. So the Eagles were looking to take home just their second Super Bowl after that 2017 championship, but their fifth overall championship, because back in the day, they won the NFL championship in 1948, 1949, a repeat, and then again in 1960. So those are the two teams. We've got the Chiefs, we've got the Eagles. That's the matchup. Those are the teams, those are the players, the names you need to know. It's all true! But of course, before we get to what everybody's waiting for on this podcast, which is my prediction, I've got some notable facts that I need to lay down on y'all before I make a fact-filled prediction. Because before we make a fact-filled prediction, you've got to know... All the facts. So I got a lot of facts here. Like, as we mentioned earlier, this is the first time in five years that this is a matchup of number one versus number one. Number one seed in the AFC, number one seed in the NFC. In fact, this is just the 14th time that the two number one seeds will face off in the Super Bowl. Of course, it's important to note that it wasn't until 1975 that the NFL started seeding. In the postseason. So, Super Bowl XI, which happened in 1976, was the first that included seeded teams, which was also the first to have a number one versus number one ranked matchup with the Raiders. Raiders taking down the Vikings. The one Super Bowl that John Madden won as the coach of the Raiders. How about that? Quick facts! And that Super Bowl, Super Bowl eleven, took place at the Rose Bowl in pasadena california the la metro area this super bowl is taking place down in the desert in phoenix which is actually going to be a hopping place this weekend not just because of football but you've also got the pga tours waste management phoenix open which is also taking place this weekend which always proves to be eventful usually golf is kind of laid back relaxed this event which always happens on super bowl weekend is always very festive very energetic it's actually fun to watch even if you don't like golf but of course super bowl weekend as well so you may want to watch the 30 million hours of pregame shows if that's your thing of course you already got the pregame show Sanders fact-filled preview debatable but it's the fourth time that the Phoenix area is hosting the Super Bowl. They've all come in the last 30 years. The first Super Bowl that was played in Phoenix was Super Bowl XXX, Super Bowl 30, with the Cowboys beating the Steelers to win their fifth Super Bowl in franchise history at Sun Devils Stadium in Tempe, Arizona, where the Sun Devils of Arizona State play. But Super Bowl 42 in 2008 came next. That was the first to be played at then University of Phoenix Stadium with it being the year that the Patriots were undefeated all the way up until they met the Giants in the big game, the helmet catch. They lost 17 to 14 Giants won that Super Bowl. And then in 2015 came another Super Bowl that the Patriots were in, Super Bowl 49. The Patriots beat the Seahawks 28-24 because that was the infamous Russell Wilson throw from the one-yard line that was intercepted to seal the deal. Now it's time for Super Bowl 57 LVII at the now, it's known as State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. The four Super Bowls, actually, that the Phoenix area has hosted is tied for fourth all-time with Tampa Bay. It's behind the areas of Miami. Miami has hosted 11 Super Bowls. New Orleans has hosted 10, and the Los Angeles area has hosted 7. And actually, Los Angeles hosted last year, and the year before that was Tampa. And that was the first two times ever that a team playing in the Super Bowl was playing at home. Both those teams, the Buccaneers in 2021, the Rams in 2022, won those games. That streak is going to end this year, though, because the Cardinals are not playing in this game. They didn't even make the playoffs, and they also had to fire their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. So it wasn't a great year for the Cardinals. Whoops. But one of the biggest storylines you've probably seen floating out there, you've probably heard about it, and you'll hear about it again this weekend, is that this Super Bowl marks the first time that there will be brothers going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. If you don't know them, they're the Kelseys. Travis Kelsey is the tight end for the Chiefs, Jason Kelsey is the center for the Eagles, and I've heard that they have a very successful podcast as well, even though I don't know why you wouldn't be listening to Xander's Facts. You can listen to both podcasts. Simple solution. But this Super Bowl is going to be the seventh to feature a quarterback that led the league in passing yards during the regular season. Remember that That was Patrick Mahomes this year. The previous six quarterbacks to do that were Dan Marino in 1984, Kurt Warner in 2001, Rich Gannon in 02, Tom Brady did it twice, 2007 and 2017, and Peyton Manning in 2013. Now, do you know what those six, five quarterbacks, six instances, do you know what all those have in common? They all lost those Super Bowls. Uh-oh. That is not the best sign for Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, but maybe he could break the streak. But on a good note for Mahomes, he became the youngest quarterback ever to reach 10 career playoff victories when the Chiefs beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship. At the time, he was over a year younger than the previous holder of that record, a man who was just mentioned a moment ago, Tom Brady. But on a good note for the Eagles, they're one of just five teams that won their divisional and their conference championship round games by at least. 21 points. Both of those games they won by at least 21 points. The other four teams who have done that have won their Super Bowl matchup. So there you go. Eagles are going to win. But how about this? Maybe pay attention to the coin toss that's going to happen just before the game kicks off on Sunday because the last eight teams who have won the coin toss in the Super Bowl have actually lost the game itself. That's a fact! So, I mean, I don't need to spoil the game for you, but whoever wins the coin toss is going to lose the game, and whoever loses the coin toss is going to win the game. Like, if that happens again, it would be the ninth straight time that that has happened. So there you go. Too many facts. And now, it is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to figure out who is going to win Sunday's game. And just for context, if you all didn't know, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome, of course. But I've picked every NFL game this season. I've put the picks on my social media channel, Zaner's Facts on Instagram, follow, like, check it out, whatever. And I have a season record, including the playoffs, of 170 wins, 113 losses. That's 60% right. So I'm just telling y'all, this is probably going to be right, because I'm more right than wrong. Of course, they're facts. Xander's Facts. I mean... We're talking about what I think is going to be a good game. You've got two great offenses taking on two great defenses. You've got an offense in the Chiefs. You've got a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who does things that we've never seen before. I don't think his injury is really going to be of any concern now. He's had now two weeks of rest from what we saw in the AFC Championship game where he balled out. So that probably won't be a concern. And he was statistically the best quarterback in football in the regular season. And you've got an improving defense there, which has stifled the running game, which the Eagles are best at. The Eagles' offense is not shabby either. They've got top names as receivers, and Hertz is dominant on the ground. And their defense, the Eagles' defense, is one of the best in the league, too. So it's really hard in this game to pick out the one match up to watch and be like well if this guy does this or if this side of the ball does this then they'll win or if they don't they'll lose but you would think that if the Chiefs defense can actually get stops they'll have a really good chance because the Chiefs have the lesser of the two defenses than the Eagles and the Chiefs offense can hang with the Eagles offense so it's really going to be the defense that gets stops and you would think on statistics, it's more likely going to be the Eagles. But more recently, the Chiefs have been here. So it's really anybody's guess to figure out what happens. And that's really, I mean, what Vegas is saying. Because the ones in the know over in the desert have this game anywhere from a pick to the Eagles favored by about one and a half points. ESPN's Football Power Index right now gives the Eagles a 50-point one percent chance to win there is no consensus it is anyone's guess who will win until now when i make my pick because the drama is real the storylines are big the stage couldn't be brighter this is the finale of the american football season and we all watch it this one's gonna be good it's a toughie though to predict who i think is gonna win but i think that's a good thing Because when it's a toughie, means you're probably going to get a good game. So for my prediction, here y'all go. Listen up. I'm making a pick. Fact-filled one. I am going to go winning in a tight one, 28-24. I will pick the team from the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs will win Super Bowl 50 7. That's a big fact. Patrick Mahomes will win his second Super Bowl. So will Andy Reid. The Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. Xander's facts. There you go. And if you were wondering how to tune into the game, well, this Sunday is when the big game kicks off at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. That is where the game is televised this year, with pregame coverage starting at 11 a.m. Eastern, if you all wanted to know, with, oh, this is a big one, the Skip and Shannon Undisputed Super Bowl Special. I think everybody just did a collective yuck, which I did as well. Not going to be watching that. Oh, also, at halftime, the performance will be from Rihanna. She is performing at halftime. The halftime show, which is no longer the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show, it's now the Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show because Apple gave more money than Pepsi. That's why that happened. So there you go. Xander's preview on the big game. What's gonna happen? All the facts you need to know. So many facts in there that you can tell all your friends. You're going be like, How do you know that? Xander told me. How did you know the Chiefs were gonna win? 28-24. Xander told me. There you go. Xander's facts. It's gonna be a good one. Sunday at 6:30 p.m. Eastern. So there you go. Xander's facts. NFL Super Bowl 57 preview show. But we're not done on the podcast because while we're on the topic of professional football, I thought I would talk a little bit about my football fandom because we're done with the NFL season now on Sunday. It's going to be over. And I'm probably not going to talk about it for months, for a while. So I wanted to get this off my chest because I've said before on this podcast, football has kind of fallen out of favor for me this season for several reasons that we have outlined on the podcast although jesse marsh is gone so quit your whining who knows but one of those reasons is the loss of a team to root for because you all know if you are a long time listener of the facts you all know that i have renounced the team that i once supported for my entire life who were once known as the Washington football team. And I did that for several reasons. But I'm here to tell you, if you are a football fan, if you want to get more people into the game, if you don't want people to be angry at the game, like I kind of am at the moment, or if you just want me to be happy, I am here to tell you that all hope is not lost, that there is a chance, as slim as it may be, there is a chance of me becoming a fan once again. However, it is going to be a very long, very grueling process. It will take years. But I'm here to tell you that it could happen. But several things need to happen. And there's several steps. So I'm going to outline the steps that need to be taken here in order for myself... To become a fan once again of the NFL's Washington organization. Here we go. I've got five steps that need to happen for me to become a fan once again of the NFL's Washington team. Are you ready? These are big time, big time stuff right here. Groundbreaking. Step number one Daniel Snyder must sell the team. This is an absolute unequivocal must happen. Dan Snyder, who was a wretched, one of the worst human beings to ever grace the planet. Ha <laughs> ha, loser. And i <I'm, laughs> I am not mincing my words when I say that. He is an awful human being. He must sell the team. If he does not sell the team, I will never become a fan. If any of the Snyder relatives or any of his friends buy the team or take ownership of the team. I will not support the team. That is step number one. So that's got to happen. Step number two. The quarterback whose name is Taylor Heineke must no longer be on the team. I do not like his attitude, Taylor Heineke. I don't care if he's from Old Dominion University. I don't care if he was a couple years ago just at college doing whatever. But I don't like him for several reasons. Number one, he's very cocky, and he's not even that good. That's part of the second reason. He's not even that good, and they keep starting him, and they're not doing very well because of that. Number three, because apparently he's a MAGA fan, and I don't like those people. Step number three. Dang. Ron Rivera must be relieved from his duties as head coach of the team. I applaud Ron Rivera for going to the Super Bowl in Carolina with Cam Newton. I applaud Ron Rivera for fighting cancer and beating cancer while coaching the Washington football team. But he's not, a, he's not that great of a coach. He needs to go. And if you want that illustrated any further, just look at the last weekend, or the week 17 of the NFL regular season, the weekend before the last weekend. He had no clue that they could have gotten eliminated from the playoffs that weekend when it was entirely possible and did happen. And he had no clue. The the reporter told him he was like, what? How do you not know that? He needs to be relieved from his duties. I'm just going to say that. I'm sure that, well, I don't know about the first one, but I'm sure Ron Rivera is a very nice person, very great person, but I don't want him coaching the team I support anymore. I don't want that to happen. Step number four. We're already on four or five. Step number four. This is. This has to happen. The organization must. It must change its nickname to anything. Literally anything besides its current moniker of Commanders. The Commanders sucks. It is the worst. Sports nickname in the history of our planet. It stinks. The only reason Dan Snyder did it was because he's sucking up to the military. Why do you need to do that, Daniel? And their uniforms stink too. Their logo looks like the waste management logo. It all stinks. Get rid of it. I could never support a team by the name of commanders. I will root against the team whose name is Commanders. It stinks. Absolutely blows. That's just, if it does not get changed, I will never support them again. I don't care if there's a new owner. I don't care if the quarterback leaves. I don't care if the head coach leaves. He must, the new owner must change the name. If he does not, I'm not a fan. So sorry. But Commanders sucks. Root two. Number five. The final step that must be taken. In order for Xander, myself, to become a fan of the Washington team once again, the team must find a new place to play other than FedEx Field, and it must not be at the taxpayer's expense. FedEx Field is located in Landover, Maryland. It was opened in 1997 or whatever. It is an absolute dump because the dummy Dan Snyder doesn't maintain it. It's not even, it's 25 years old. And it's got sewage leaking on fans. That's ridiculous. They need to get out of FedEx Field. And they need to find a stadium, land. Apparently, they're looking at Virginia. And you know what? The NFL, the the owner of an NFL team, Daniel Snyder, can pay for their own stadium. You don't need any of the taxpayer money. You don't need any of it. So don't use it because we can use that money for better education, for paying our teachers more or doing whatever we want, because basically anything would be better than paying for a stupid stadium for the Washington Commanders. And let me tell you all, if it's still Dan Snyder and if it's still the Commanders and they build a new stadium and it's not taxpayer funded, I'm still not going to be a fan. All five of those steps must happen. Maybe not in order, but they all must happen. And then I might become a fan of the Washington football team once again. Maybe. Maybe. A sure thing. So I just wanted to lay all that out there for you all. Because a lot of people, maybe you're just listening to this for the first time and you're like, Xander, what is wrong with you? Why are you yelling about the Washington football team? Because I've supported them my entire life until... Recent years when things have just gotten too much. They suck too much. Their owner's a dummy. Everything just stinks about them. They had a racist nickname before, and then they have a crappy nickname now. It's just terrible. It's just terrible, all of it. And it needs to change, or else I'm not going to be a fan anymore. I'm not a fan of any team right now of football. I'm not really a fan of football either. But I can become a fan again. But all those things need to happen, and they better get on it, or else it's going to be years, decades, where I am still not a fan. So there you go. Xander's Facts. What a podcast this was. I started off very emotional. Jesse Marsh had been fired. I'm still very emotional. I'm really sad. Monday was a really tough day. I'm going to tell you that. Monday was a tough day. Then we previewed the Super Bowl. Chiefs are going to win it, by the way, just so you know. Xander's Facts. And then I outlined my steps for... Becoming a Washington football team fan again. What a podcast. I think this is a good podcast. Sanders Facts, episode 93. And that's basically all I got for episode 93, for all the facts that are on episode 93 this week. And again, thank you all so much for listening. You've gotten through the podcast. Congrats to you. Remember, though, that if you liked all the facts on this week's edition, just do one more thing for me, please. Follow the podcast. Download this episode, episode 93. Rate and review the podcast. Then go on all our socials. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Zander's facts at Zander's Facts. That is Xander with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends. Spread the facts! Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, about Xander's Weekend Facts, which is our newsletter, which comes out every Sunday morning. Link is in this episode's description. Sign up. It is free to do so. Check us out on YouTube, because this episode, episode 93, is going to be up on YouTube with a nice background. Subscribe like, do all that stuff for Xander's Facts on YouTube, and check out the Xander's Facts link tree. It's got all the Xander's Facts links that you need for the podcast, for the newsletter, for the YouTube, and for the website, Xander'sFacts.com, which includes the Xander's Facts shop. Get your facts swag at the Xander's Facts shop. That is episode 93. Episode 94 is coming up next week, and it's going to be a good one. There are a lot of storylines around the sport of basketball. We're going to stick with sports next week, even though I'm recording this Tuesday night and the State of the Union address is going on, and I'm not even watching it. I have no clue what's going on, so I don't, whatever. That'll probably be mentioned on Xander's Weekend Facts this Sunday morning if you want to check that out. But in basketball, there are so many storylines going on. By the time you've listened to this, LeBron James may have passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the leading scorer in NBA history. And John ja Moran of the Memphis Grizzlies is in, is in trouble. The trade deadline is this week. Next weekend, the weekend after this coming Super Bowl weekend, is the NBA All Star game. Like, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So, our Xander's Facts NBA analyst, Tillbilly, is going to be providing us with a fact filled season update for the National Basketball Association. And, of course, you're going to want to tune in to all the basketball facts that we are going to have next week week on episode 94 of the Zanders facts podcast but for episode 93 that's a wrap on this week's edition of the Zanders facts podcast thank you all so much for listening and the xander's facts podcast rolls on with episode 94 next week <laughs> D-A-N-D-E-R-S-F-A-C-T-S dot com.